Go ahead and grab your Bibles and open them to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, we're going to be looking at verse 20. Luke 22.20, when I found out I was going to be preaching from this verse, I was really excited because it's on the Lord's Supper. Pretty soon afterwards, I found out that we were taking the Lord's Supper in the morning. But I think it's still sweet to meditate on something that we did six hours ago. So again, we'll be looking at Luke chapter 22, verse 20. I'll be reading verses 19 and 20. And says this. And he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to them, and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Lord, we pray tonight that you would open up your word to our hearts. We need extravagant grace. Without it, we won't be able to comprehend the mysteries of your word. Without it, Our minds may be able to process, but our hearts will not be able to be changed. We need supernatural help from your spirit. And we know that your word does not return void. So we ask God that you would help us even tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A mug inscribed with the words, World's Best Boss. The Holy Grail, a red solo cup. All of these things are designed to do the same thing. Hold liquid. But I bet when you heard each object, you probably didn't just think about water. You thought about coffee or Michael Scott. You thought about holy water or Monty Python. You thought about Hawaiian Punch, or secretly, alcohol, or stereotypical college parties. Each of these cups aren't just cups. They represent something deeper. They're not just cups, they're symbols. They're symbols. Similarly, Jesus takes his last meal with his disciples to lift a cup. But the cup isn't just a cup. It's a symbol. This is the command that we're going to meditate on tonight. Remember Christ's cup of the new covenant. Remember Christ's cup of the new covenant. Jesus is eating supper with his disciples in the evening. He was to be betrayed. But the cup 
that Jesus lifted wasn't just a cup. The supper they were eating wasn't just supper. They were actually gathered together to, to celebrate the Passover. Now, 1,400 years prior, the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. And God promised that he would deliver them from the hands of Pharaoh. In order to do this, he commanded the Israelites to sacrifice a Passover lamb and take the blood and paint it on the door frames of their houses. Then the angel of the Lord would pass through Egypt and kill every firstborn son, except for the homes which had the blood on the wood. Moses then follows up his instructions with this additional command in Exodus 12, 24 through 28. Keep this command permanently as a statute for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, you are to observe this ceremony. When your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? You are to reply, it is a Passover sacrifice to the Lord. For he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and he spared our homes. So when the Israelites would perform the Passover, they would sacrifice a lamb. But traditionally, they wouldn't just sacrifice a lamb. They would also take cups. And each cup would symbolize different aspects of God's deliverance that he promised to the Israelites. The cup wasn't just a cup. It was a symbol. It represented God's deliverance. Let's look again at what Jesus says here in verse 20. This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. Jesus references a new covenant that is to come. Why a new covenant? Because the first one failed. God's people, after leaving the land of Egypt and entering into their promised land, disobeyed God and broke the covenant. But God was going to introduce a new covenant that wasn't like the old one. Jeremiah 31 talks about this. He says that in this new covenant, God would forgive their iniquity and never again remember their sin. So that explains the aspect of the new covenant that Jesus is talking about in verse 20. But why does Jesus say that this is a new covenant in his blood? That seems awfully graphic. You see a clue in verse 42 of Luke 22, when Jesus prays in the eve of his crucifixion, he prays to the Father saying, Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. What was this cup? Was it a cup that he just found in the vines in the garden? No. 
It also wasn't like Jesus was looking up and having a vision of a cup that was coming to him. He says, take this cup away from me. It's a cup that Jesus has in his possession. He's begging the Father, if there's any other way to do this, take this cup away from me. But not my will, but yours be done. What is this cup that Jesus is holding? It's the cup of the new covenant. It's the cup of the new covenant. But the new covenant doesn't provide Jesus any comfort. Instead, it provided him anguish. The cup he dreads isn't just a cup. It represents wrath. In Jeremiah 25:15, God declares his judgment on the nations for their sins. And he says this, Take this cup of the wine of wrath from my hand and make all the nations from whom I'm sending you drink it. All sin deserves just punishment. If you're not a Christian, this includes you. You need mercy. The cup of wrath is headed towards you. But I have good news for you. God is a holy God. He created the world and made man to rule over it. But instead of obeying God, we broke our covenant with him and became rebels. We broke our covenant with him and became enslaved to sin. And because of our disobedience, we deserve wrath. But instead of pouring out His wrath on us. God promised deliverance. God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. He lived the perfect life that we never could. And God sacrificed this true Passover lamb, Jesus, on the cross. Christ took the judgment of God that we deserved. The wrath of God was pressed onto him. And his blood, the wine of mercy was spilt, and he died. But three days later, he rose, victorious over sin and death, which means if you turn from your sin, if you repent, and you trust in him, you will not receive a cup of wrath, but a cup of a new covenant. His blood will cover you. And you will find forgiveness. If you're not a Christian, you're listening to this message, I urge you to turn to this Jesus. Jesus takes condemnation and offers us grace. Jesus takes judgment and offers us mercy. Jesus takes the wrath of God so that he can fill the cup of the new covenant with his blood. So what do we do for Christians? And Jesus commands us to partake in this. In Luke 22, what, what do we do? We do the same thing as a Passover supper. We remember. The Lord's Supper isn't just for us to think about our own personal devotion. Though that could be a very good thing. The Lord's Supper 
isn't just for us to look to the future when we will be in the marriage supper of the Lamb, even though that's a good thing. The marriage supper is for us to look back at the work of Jesus. We remember that the cup isn't just a cup. It's a symbol. Don't fill that cup with good intentions. Don't fill that cup with promises to God that you're going to do better next time. Fill that cup with Christ's grace. When you take the Lord's Supper, remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. Teach your children about the Jesus that you're remembering, about what he did. Continue to remember every time that you take it again and again and again. When you take that bread, remember Jesus. When you take that cup, remember Jesus. Think back to the cross. His body given for you. His blood poured out for you. That's amazing grace. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the precious gift of your son to be a sacrifice on our behalf. We thank you that you've poured out your wrath on Christ and that he has been such a sufficient sacrifice that there is no condemnation left. There's not a single drop of wrath left for those of us who are in him. So we ask, Lord, for the people who are not Christians here, we ask, God, that you would revive them by your spirit, turn them from death to life, offer them the cup of grace. I pray, God, that they would drink from it. Pray for those of us who are trusting in you, that we would continue to remember your amazing grace. We thank you for Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Let's take the next two.